it's amazing to me what we are asked of yeah. as to be human. It's just it's it's beyond belief what is asked of us as human beings in terms of suffering. And we can't we can't say, oh, you can't suffer. Oh no, you don't have to suffer. You have to say, um, or I, I mean, it, obviously some people can can they can prescribe something or they can do something. Yeah. But ultimately, as a human being, as a fellow human being, and as a healer, ultimately our great ability is simply to be and to be very present, to be as present as possible. Welcome to another episode of As Woo Woo As You Want with Celine Jeremiah and our guest today Winslow Elliott. Yay! Yay. <laughs> so excited Thanks. to have you on Winslow. Um, yes. It's February 21st, 2022. Um starting to feel the sun is setting a little later right like you know things are slowly coming out of the cocoon i think i think a little bit it feels pretty well actually it's a lie it's been really cold the last few days (laughs) (laughs) yeah the weather's been confusing but um we hope Uh, everyone's doing well and we're so excited to have our guest today and i'm gonna let celine take it away from here Yes. So Winslow, Winslow Elliott is a metaphysical practitioner and also an author. And I first met Winslow, I guess like two, two years ago. I'm not sure. In um, my foundation hand analysis course. And now I'm in an intensive and she's the co-teacher, moderator, guide. Um, So we see each other often. I always make a lot of dumb jokes in class. Everybody's very serious. <laughs> um, but so we're just so excited to have you on. And you do tarot, um, psychic stuff, right? And writing, writing. So is that a good introduction? Did I cover it? Are there things that I didn't say that you do? Um, probably. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so old. There's probably a lot that I've done and do, but um, for the purposes of woo-woo, I think you probably covered it. Okay. Although I do I do have a lot of modalities. I do do astrology as well. And um, I, the, the word psychic, mm. um, I mean, I know I'm referred to as a clairvoyant, but it's a, it's a very misunderstood word, I feel. Yeah. Um, actually, I did, a, I did write a, a paper on uh, the difference between psychism and mysticism because especially when I was working at this very, very high-end um, spa resort, people wanted a psychic reading. And I felt uh, that it doesn't really serve them to come in for an hour for a, a psychic reading 
um, the way psychics very often do it, which is just to tell them what they see. And they would just come in and say, just tell me what you see. And there'd be no exchange of energy and no healing aspect as a, as a, a metaphysician where physicians really, it's just a different style. Mm-hmm. And um, it really bothered me. And there were other, there were stories of, of uh, that they would come in, I think really wanting to be healed from of psychics having said things to them that were mm. very disturbing. Yeah. And especially as I've said on in our class in our palmistry class, especially with palmistry, which is such a beautiful metaphysical modality, but if it's misused by people just saying what they see, which is not necessarily true. It's just what they're seeing. And people are muddied. Psychics are muddied. They might be seeing somebody else or they might be making it up in their heads. So I I don't really call myself a psychic. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I was having a conversation with somebody about the word psychic. And in your book, Be Still, which, Jer, did you finish that too? Or Yes. I'm holding it up for those who are watching YouTube. So amazing. You guys should definitely check it out. But what I found so fascinating and like inspirational was the idea that these, that people come and they're seeking um, to know something about the future or about their partners or, you know, et cetera. But to really ask somebody, what do they really want to know? What is like the core that's, you know, fueling the question and, then with that process, the answer unfolds. And so, you know, I just thought that was amazing because that's essentially what it is, right? Because they know this is the beauty and this is the beauty of stillness, I feel, is that we know who we are. We know our direction. We know, uh, we know our heart's longing. Yeah, we really do. It's just that we don't think we do or we get in our own way or we have programmed um responses triggers buttons all these endless things so to clear that away and that's what i feel i do as a clairvoyant it's not that that i see your future it's that i clear the clutter and clear you so that you know and i tell people i never tell you anything you don't already know it's that i give you glasses almost to be able to see clearly or take off these glasses that make it make it darker for you yeah yeah Mm. so i i I was gonna say i winslow i feel like you're being very modest because i looked at your biography and (laughs) you have quite an illustrious career um she's low-key powerball yeah i was gonna say you know, we'll we'll link your website, but I, anyone could go and check out your biography. And you've lived quite an amazing life and have accomplished so much. I mean, you have a PhD, an ordained minister, you're a writer of several published books. Um, so you know, it's just it's just been uh, a thing, you know thing to to see. Um, and I was so excited to meet you because. Uh, you know, I I don't know, but I was lucky enough to read the book. Celine lent it to me. And it's just, I really have to tell you, you know, I, I highly encourage if people are interested in, in this kind of work, in metaphysical work, Winslow, I just feel like you're such an amazing voice. And your words carried so much healing in them. You know, there are a lot of times where you read books and it just is coming from like a, a cerebral place. And 
you you do such an amazing job of carrying um, a lot of scientific integrity and conveying that. And you know, you 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 have a lot of citations of scientific um, studies or um, social scientific studies, uh, but then also bringing in this you know, of what we call woo-woo, like metaphysical of looking at things. And um, I just, I don't know, I highly encourage this book for anyone who's interested in reading it. Um, and yeah, so I just wanted to get that there because it was just funny <laughs> at the beginning. Uh, I was yeah. like, this woman is badass. <laughs> Definitely. Well, it's so funny, this this combination, this uh, integration of woo-woo and science. To, it's so interesting to me when people come and say, I had the craziest experience. You'll never believe what happened. I dreamed about something and then it happened. Or so-and-so called me and then something such happened. You know, these amazing woo-woo types of things that I'm sure you've heard stories. And to me, it's, it is, tr- it, it is uh, scientific in the sense of, of energy. I mean, as you know from my book, I, I mean, we are energy and these things happen and woo-woo is real. Mm. It's not something that's made up. And that's what I think um, in your podcasts, in these people that you've interviewed and talked with that I've listened to, mm. it feels um, that's what they're saying. Let's integrate into our lives something that is so valuable, so healing. I love that you said the, the book itself is healing because to me, if you stay up here with this work, it's meaningless. Or if you stay in not doing it physically with your body, it's meaningless. Mm. It's everything needs to be integrated. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also cool the way that you incorporated the tarot into each of those sessions. And, you know, because I mean, it just, it just seems like there's all these different modalities that, you're just bringing in and it just seems so holistic and integrative and like just transformative, you know? Um, I don't know. I even emailed you about it. I was like, this was the best book ever. <laughs> well, I, I'm curious Winslow. I, I, I want to dive deep into the book, but before we get to that, I'm curious uh, uh, to know a little bit more about your path. I read your biography, biography, but I'm, were you raised that way? Were you kind of raised with this openness to, you know, energy and experience? Or is that something that kind of came about after your years of study and travel? Um, I would say I was definitely raised with it. My parents were both metaphysicians and, and world travelers and writers. And, um, I always really admired people who came to this from a very traditional or even a closed background, you know, people who were raised in a cult or something and then found freedom. I just always am so admiring um, of, of people who really overcame struggle to, to be to experience revelation. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I know, my, I remember my mother telling me was that I could go farther having had that freedom from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I do, I do have to um, acknowledge that to myself and not, and not, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit like privilege on, on a spiritual level to have that kind of free, free thinking and free thinkers and so much exposure, especially to books and to great thinkers, to great people they knew, so they met and they cared about so many 
um, amazing thinkers. So my parents are definitely, they raised us as, um, they raised us to be part of this woo-woo world, no question. Yeah. And they were both rebels. You know, they were both, my dad was uh, one of the first of the Elliots who came here back in the 1600s not to go to Harvard. He, he rebelled in the 30s. And as you saw from my bio, I have a great whatever who was president of Harvard for many, many decades. So it was a big rebellion. He went and was with the Navajo Indians for a summer and did, you know, did things in the 30s that many people wouldn't from his background. And my mother, too, had a very unusual background. So um, so in a way, I rebelled. And I think that was part of my my rebellion was to go into. Um, a different. I didn't do this this metaphysical work for many decades. I mean, I did it for fun, and I always loved it. But it was certainly not an idea that I could make a living of it at it. And I wanted to write. That was mm-hmm. I always wanted to write. I always did write. I never said I wanted to be a writer. I was always a writer from when I was very young. And I'm sure my parents always writing was part of that. But I didn't want to do metaphysical work the way they did. I wrote I wrote romance novels. That was my I was going to be a bestseller and um, successful. And um, and I didn't want to struggle like they did to to make ends meet, you know, because obviously their life was not it wasn't material. (laughs) It wasn't materially (laughs) focused. So um, I'm glad that, I mean, I was, I was fairly successful. I was successful enough to live on my writing, but not, it wasn't like I was a big, a big hit. Um, uh, it sort of came and went. And I'm, I was one of those things I'm very grateful for because it, it sent me into so many paths. And I, it's, I've had a lot of different lives, I feel, mm. including family and including teaching high school students and, um, a lot of travels of my own, and I, I'm ready for stillness. I think the, this this time for me is I finally feel as though I've come into my real. It is my real passion. Is this um, is integrating it all, and it becomes not so much a path or a direction or an accomplishment. I think I've lived so fully with a comp with having to accomplish mm. so much. And this is this is different. This feels very different this time mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Oh. Yeah. yeah, and you know, it's something in the book that I just I really appreciated too. You you talk about some of your clients, you know, some of the readings that you you've done, and um, I'm wondering if I should backtrack first. Maybe let's talk about the thesis of the book and then we'll go into that. But um, just for if people want to get oriented. So, uh, Winslow, would you like to just... Uh, and by the way, if you if you don't want to talk about the book, we don't have to talk about the book. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm happy talking about okay. anything, your, anything your heart desires. So, yeah. So why don't you give us just like a, a brief, um, like, s- I don't know, synopsis isn't the right word, but just like what what's the thesis statement of Be Still? Um, oh gosh, I forget. But I, I, I know that it was about um, this this sense that I or experience and practice that I, I I realized and recognized and wanted to write about that we can get to this experience of stillness through the four elements. 
that that's the core of our being is earth, air, water, and fire. And it's at the core of every metaphysical practice in the world, every spiritual practice, everything comes down to that. We are we are those four elements. We are matter. As human beings, we are the, that those four um, bits of matter. And um, uh, I can go into which each one if you want, or if you want me to go further. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Um, so physical well-being is earth, earth in tarot, it pentacles in astrology, they're the earth signs. Um, it's, it's, it's just, it's so real. It's our, it's our favorite element in, in many ways because it's so tangible. It's our senses, our five senses. I feel one of the most profoundly simple ways of getting to stillness, especially if one is struggling with ill health, is through nature. Because we're all one, we're all connected uh, on a very, very deep energetic level. And we know that plants are, you know, basically when people say that's not true, that trees talk to each other or whatever, we know it's true. We know that maybe there hasn't been enough research or proof around it. And that's, that will come. But intuitively, we know that everything is these plants are connected and more and more studies are, are being done to, to show it and that our energy affects plants. I mean, there's just been so many, so much, so just so much research being done around this. And I do feel it's an enormous, um, an enormous uh, resource that we have. Uh, and, uh, and as I say in my book, one of the beautiful things about being in nature, being say, looking at a flower or a tree or looking at even the sky or the, the stars, these things, all they're being asked to do is to be what they are. Mm. And it reminds us that that's all that we're being asked is to be who we are. Nothing more, nothing less. And that means that you can't do anything wrong. You can't be bad. You can't, you're just always trying to be better, more than improve, uh, be less of something and, and find our own inner, um, Everything, everything is is who we are, but we have to recognize it and become more of that, so we don't get off course. So that's Earth, and so then um, air. I mean, there's more, but I just so I could go on and on. Just, let me just go through these quickly. Air, um, air is our thought, is our mental process. In the tarot, it's the swords. It's the the air elements are very connected with our thinking process. Libra, I mean, the astrology signs, Libra and Gemini. Um, and Aquarius are very mental beings. And um, my, my, my research or my explorations showed me a different way to become still in our thoughts because I'm, I'm a meditator and I know that that's the, the, the best way. I mean, it's like if you don't meditate, you, your, your mental muscles are going to get flabby basically it's like mm. if you don't work out you're going to get flabby and if you don't meditate your mind chatter does get out of control especially in the middle of the night if you don't have a a, a resource to go to breath or whatever just focusing on breath or and that's all i mean by meditating taking a walk and focus it's really practicing focusing mindfulness but i also um found out that this paradoxical thinking to actually you go deeper than that and actually try to think 
of two things at the same time is an amazing uh, revelation in a sense. It's a, like a woo-woo where you actually can be still. Because it's not, it's in a way, it's not possible. And it's um, how Einstein describes light, that light is both a wave and a particle. I mean, physicists do, not just him. But it's not possible. It's not possible to be in motion and a noun, to be a verb and a noun at the same time. It's not possible. And yet it is. And this is where we, I feel, we come to our own understanding of we are both a noun, Celine, Jeremiah, Winslow. We are, we are who we are, but actually we're becoming Celine. We're becoming Jeremiah. We're becoming Winslow. And it's both at the same time. And if we can get to that, it beco- we become stillness. Mm. And it's both stillness then becomes both a verb and a noun. And it becomes so alive. And somehow that mental air is, becomes absolutely clear. And this is the great gift of our thinking is that it's objective it's clear. It helps us not be at the mercy of passion and anger and road rage or whatever. We can think like, okay, wait a minute, calm down. You know, our thoughts are our allies. They're beautiful, beautiful brain that we have mm. if it's used properly and wisely. Otherwise, it's it's our master and a, mm. it's not where it belongs. <laughs> mm. And then water, this beautiful element of, I call it love wisdom, intuition. I'm a, I'm a Taoist at heart, and the Taoist sense of uh, if we can get in the flow of our intuition, of our love, of our feeling um, with whatever we do, it's, a, it's another kind of a mindfulness, but it doesn't take so much attention. It's more uh, surrender. It's really this idea of surrender, and uh, I, it's one of the hardest things, I think, for our Western civilization anyway, but this particular culture has permeated the world really Mm -hmm. this idea that uh, we have to accomplish stand up for manifest make do um, be better make more it's really time to surrender Mm -hmm. much more that flow and then the fire i found very very interesting i mean a lot of this was i don't i wouldn't say channeled but i don't i didn't know what i was doing Really, you know, it was such a, I just, um, it, it talk about flow. I mean, this particular project poured through me and I, I took me, I think I was done with everything within 18 months, which is wow. pretty amazing. Wow. I did, I, I, I do work pretty obsessively. So it was from early in the morning till evening. That's all I was doing. I got, it was very unhealthy in many ways. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I, it it was kind of a flow. And the fire, which is normally the wands or these fire elements of creativity and transformation, um, came to me with this um, extraordinary clarity that uh, these five initiations of our experience that we all have. It's not, the the two things that we can depend on are not death and taxes. It's actually these five initiations, which is birth, adolescence, falling in love, sickness, and death. And I go through each one of them because each of these phases happen over and over again. It's not as though, um, 
And for example, I think adolescence is one of the most underrated initiations in our experience. We treat our teenagers as though they're college kids. And everything is about either sports or academics. And this development of their astral body, their emotional body is and social body, especially during these last couple of years where they had no social life, pretty much. They're bereft. And um, we need to go through that more than once. I don't think it can happen, especially in this new culture of education. Um, I I don't think it's actually new. I think teenagers have always been very misunderstood. They're like this big insect. It's like uh, Kafka's metamorphosis, you know, where they, this, the parents come in the room and there's a cockroach there on the bed. You know, that's how teenagers are kind of seen. And um, they're these beautiful beings, um, butterflies in a chrysalis, and they're, if they're not protected. And we have to do that with um, quests. In tarot, the knights are teenagers. Very often that's how they're seen. They're on a quest. They're these idealists. They're, um, they're, they're, they don't know how to manifest their That's why they can so easily get swayed into a, uh, into a, a, you know, maybe something that isn't uh, what they want to do ultimately. They can be very easily pulled and in, sucked into re- religious or, or uh, some kind of pedagogical ideology, for instance, that yeah. would be a king of swords. And so that's why we, we, I feel the most important thing for teenagers is to teach them to cl- to think clearly, to think um, for themselves, to question mm-hmm. everything, to learn to learn how to really think for themselves, not to just rote by rote memorize facts and figures. Yeah. Um, and also, of course, their social life. But we have to go through this over and over again. We get an ideal. We get a fervor. I mean, this book was a. I it was. I was a teenager. I just did it as a, a, a not having a clue what it was going to be like. Where am I going to go to college? What is this going to be for? Why am I doing this? Nothing. Yeah. Huh. yeah. I just, the, the fire chapter was really, um, it just shifted a paradigm or a framework of thinking for me about challenges. Right. And so if you change the framework of a challenge to like, no, what if you think about this as an initiation to a new phase of your life? Like, and I, I mean, that like blew my mind, you know, and I think I told like 15 people about it. Um, cause it's a really, cause yeah. Why? Cause essentially challenges are just initiations into newness. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was really yeah. beautiful to me. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear that. And fire, of course, is this element of destruction yes. as well as igniting. And I remember the last one of the last sentences or one of the sentences in the book was igniting stillness mm. when I was talking about fire. And I thought that's so interesting. What an interesting idea rather than emptiness, the Zen yes. kind of wow, we could ignite stillness by saying, OK, I'm really sick. I'm really in pain. Now what? And you're 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 detoxing, or you're um, growing in compassion, or you're—I mean, the the sky's the limit with yeah. with these um, incredible challenges if we do change our change our minds about mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I plucked a quote um, from your book, particularly you're talking about pain. Um, and you write, everything shows up as an ally in our lives, even if uh, even 
if it sometimes seems that can't possibly be so. And just kind of to your point, Celine and uh, uh, Winslow, what you're saying is, it's just so powerful. You know, you have this whole um, section about how you had Lyme disease. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the way you kind of navigate that, you know, it, it, it sounded just awful. And to see that perspective of how can I turn this around? How can I make this thing that we so often fear and do everything we can to avoid, but inevitably happens to all of us? I mean, everyone gets sick in varying everyone. degrees. Mm-hmm. So like, what can, how, how can we flip this around? And it's just such a powerful um, anecdote uh, in, in how to do that and how to transform it, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's really, oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, it's really interesting. And um, I know, as we all do, you know, a lot of people who have had life-threatening diseases and especially cancer, for instance, I have yet to meet somebody who says, I, I wish I hadn't had it. Mm. And they, their lives changed. It's like suddenly what was mad. I mean, talk about don't sweat the small stuff, you know, <laughs> it's like their, their, para, their whole paradigm about what life is, what it's about, what, how to live. It's not about how to die or I might die. It's, uh, or, or the fear. It's about how do I live? Mm. How do I live? Yeah. Illness is amazing. I also remember there was this one passage where I think when you're talking about water and you might be at the beach and then you had this one line that was like you you just heard this intuitive knowing that the the waves and water they just want to love you. And I was like, okay, that's pretty incredible <laughs> for me. I've thought about it. Cuz you know, cuz I think when you're in crisis or when you're struggling or you're in fear or you're in scarcity like and you don't feel supported right but if you kind of if you think no like the universe my environment wants to love me wants to support me like for me as a very earthy person like that has very much helped in times of um anxiousness and stuff you know like no like you are your plants that you have in your house like they want to love you you know, and I was like, that is the coolest idea ever. <laughs> well, it's like pets are our greatest teachers. Oh, yeah. You know, because that's all they want to do is love you. Yeah. And sometimes, um, mm-hmm. well, my experience is a lot of my clients uh, in relationship issues. That's all they need to learn is to let themselves be loved by the other person. It's the hardest thing to let themselves be loved. It's a a very feminine energy that both men and women need to to surrender to. Because otherwise, it's always uh, presenting ego against ego. And what what am I feeling? And what are they thinking? And 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 what did I do wrong? Or what am, you know, where's this going? Yeah. And, and if you can just look at it as an extraordinary gift of love in, in just that, you can then get to the clarity of, well, this isn't quite right, or I don't really want to be loved by this person, or, but it gets to, um, it gets to, it, in, on a human level too, not just on this nature level of nature. Because yeah. every everything really does. And we really want to love each other also. I really believe, I mean, I know that. 
and you see it in times of, of great hardship. People help each other. Yeah. It's only in the news that it looks as though we are all uh, angry, hating people. <laughs> it's not true. Yeah. Somebody has an accident, people swarm around and try to help, and they're so anxious. I know. It always makes me cry. I, like, yeah. drive by them, and I'm like, oh, everybody's, yeah. everybody's signing up. Um, so did you So did you write the book in 2018 or 19? 20... I think 19. The book came out in 2019. Okay, so I probably started in 2018. Mm. I mean, it's based, I was doing my PhD thesis, actually, so it was a lot of, re, the year before, so it was a lot of research was was part partly in it. But of course, the thesis is really boring. <laughs> it was not that I was really interested in. Um, and so are you still doing a lot of, like, how do you relate to the tarot now? I mean... I know you're, do you use it in a lot of your, like, trying to be still with clients practices? I do love to use tarot with clients. Mm. Yeah. And I would say I, I use it a lot for myself. Yeah. How did you get into it? So we were living in Italy. I was, I was 12, 13, and my mom bought a one of those those old Italian decks, the very wow. very early ones, and I just remember them being on you know oh, on that dining room table and just staring. I mean, they I was absolutely mesmerized, and then I actually started drawing. I have some drawings of my very early tarot cards on my Ooh, website somewhere. They're that's very, so cool. They're totally silly. I mean, they're like, like little little pen. Like, but, but they have, you know, I mean, I could, I like looking at them because it reminds me that this was something I think from, from very deep within me, you know, that I just loved the thing about, um, the thing about tarot that I think speaks to me and I think anything works and everything is true and real. It's just what speaks to you. Um, that, it tells a story, and I think I love story. And it's a book of symbols and images and archetypes. And it's a language that is so universal. So even, um, I, I know it's a Western m- modality. I mean, it's start, you know, it was sort of discovered in Italy. But it's, it's, it's predicated on wisdom that is universal, like the four elements. Mm-hmm. That is in every, that's just part of our exis- existence of being human. And some of this is so ancient. Um, originally, Egypt, that's why they're called gypsy fortune cards originally. They, I mean, they came from Egypt. And Egypt had that um, library in Alexandria that was burned. And so much esoteric wisdom went underground mm. and one of the and was hidden and had to be hidden by by um by these um by these seekers and uh spiritual spiritual seekers because otherwise it would have been eliminated eradicated and the best way to hide anything is in plain sight and that's why they became a, a game that anybody could play a parlor game and i love that whole i love that um fun the lightness of it 
Mm-hmm. But the deeper you go, the other thing is I love about it is that it's it's so animated. And I know astrology is too. And I love I love the stars and I love astrology. And I know that it, they keep moving. So everything, it's not like, oh, you're a this and that means that. It's like in context, with, it's so complex. It's way beyond the capacity that that our brains can, can uh, figure out, um, I think, in this consciousness. But tarot has the same every time it's just a different story the same card can say something completely different and it becomes so alive yeah and i love that they're my friends it's not but it's not like i'm trying to see anything i mean i do i did a spread for our session today you know yeah just like it's just like you know here i am and a little bit of guidance um what? I don't. I don't even remember it. But it was just so reassuring. Um, one of the things that I had to not, I had to leave behind was the magician, and I felt so relaxed seeing that the magician is such a powerful. Like I can do this, and I can. And I had to just. This was in the place of you know you don't have to deal with that. I was thinking, you know what? I'm a, I'm the guest. I'm the visitor. Jeremiah and Celine can be the magicians. I just have to show up. It was, you know, just yeah. a little picture like that was so calming. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. You have these anecdotes of, you know, working with your clients and they're just such wonderful pieces of uh, you know, information and experiential, you know, uh I don't know, perspectives um, and how, you know, you couch it such that, you know, each client is almost coming in unbalanced elementally, uh, elementally, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's a person who there's a lot of water, you'll try and counterbalance it with other elements to kind of get them still, right? Centered. Um, And, you know, the one that really stuck out, I mean, there's a few that really stuck out to me, but I, I think the the one that stuck out to me the most um, was the woman who lost her daughter, her 15-year-old daughter in the car crash. And the way you talk about how, um, and this is kind of referring to what you're saying earlier about being clairvoyant, it's very clear that in your work, you're creating space, you're holding space, healing presence for this other person. And um, you say how, you know, you you struggled with, what do you say to someone who goes through an experience like that? <laughs> and almost like the fear and doubt that came outside of you, how you were able to kind of navigate that energetically with this other person in the room and ultimately you know, it leads to this beautiful conclusion that I'll let people discover for themselves. They have to get the book. But, you know, um, it's just such a powerful uh, allegory. And it just, I just, I think it just shows your strength as a healer, um, how, you know, ultimately, what, what are we really doing here? We're really just trying to love each other. And the best way to do that is through this practice of stillness. Um, so I don't know if you want to reflect at all about any of your clients in that way, but I just had to, you know, bring that up. And you know, there, there's a few other stories you have of your clients that um, are just so wonderful. Oh, 
I'm so glad. Yeah, um, I'm getting that to be that more and more is to realize that all I have to do is be uh, rather than than um, advise or guide. See, this is this, for my work, reading your work and then having that guidance of like how to move forward as a healer and hold space for people. Like the idea that you just need to be and you just be present and hold space like that's what was so transformative for me about reading this work. Like because, right, you you encounter people on all different spectrums of emotions and traumas. And like I think for you know, figuring out, well, how do I, what do I say? What can I like make, how do I make you feel better? You know, but if you just boil it down to like, I'm just like here with you and like, whatever happens, I'm here. Like that's for, for, with my work. And I think for people in general too, like that is, it's so simplistic. It's, um, more powerful than anything for me. So Yes, because you you also use um, hands, but also uh, acupuncture, yeah. and you in order to really know where to, wh- what to do, how to unblock, how to where the where the blocks are, whatever it is, you yourself have to be so present, mm-hmm. and it's so easy then to think, oh my God, am I doing it right? And and then say they start crying or they they say ow or whatever it is. Um, it's, there's just a lot of, of energy that we as healers have to then sort of say, no, this is, I'm just here. I'm just here. Mm-hmm. It's not, this is not about me if I'm doing it yes. right or not. Yes. There's, and because there's nothing we can do for them except <laughs> be, there's nothing really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, when you have somebody with such tragedies and there've been a lot of people with tragedies in their lives. I mean, you know, it's it's amazing to me what we are asked of yeah. as to be human. It's just it's it's beyond belief what is asked of us as human beings in terms of suffering. And we can't we can't say, oh, you can't suffer. Oh no, you don't have to suffer. You have to say, um, or I, I mean, it, obviously, some people can can they can prescribe something or they can do something yeah but ultimately as a human being as a fellow human being and as a healer ultimately our great ability is simply to be and to be very present to be as present as possible Mm -hmm. and that is I think empowering for them. And this is what I got to from this wonderful person, Charles Ridley, that I do quote in my book quite a bit. He does bi-dynamic stillness. So it's it's an energetic touch healing. So it's like, you know, it's another one. I mean, when I first read his book, I just wanted to learn that and be that kind of healer. You know, this is like, oh, okay. Um, but it's it's uh, the the book itself. I forget what it's called. Still uh, stillness touch, and now he's got a new one. Um, but he talks about the about the uh, embryogenesis that we have this stillness before we're separated in the womb, before we become a um, a, a being that is aware of the other. In in other words, uh, fending off germs as an embryo or fending off something that isn't us, we separate. 
but that and that happens pretty early on but before that he says there's this um uh, still still point a still what does he call it? St- the stillness midpoint and that's what he feels we can all go back to mm-hmm. at any point and as healers when we're doing that that his type of healing he says we that's what we're trying to do is just get the other person to their own stillness and it's transforming because it's empowering them it's not saying you got to come back and see me again you know you've got i can help you i can help you it's no you can help yourself actually you can i can facilitate i'm i you know i'm a conduit a facilitator i'm the in-between i'm a midwife but i'm not giving birth to your healing Hmm. I'm, you're, I, I'm just letting you, I'm there for you as you give birth to your own healing. That's what a midwife is. Hmm. I mean, what is that? <laughs> you are. Well, you already do it. So, um, but I do feel also, I mean, palmistry was also such a, it's always been such a, a big love of mine. Yeah. And what I realized was very often, I mean, even as a kid, as a teenager, I'd be looking at people's hands and mm-hmm. just, I, it was so funny just how much I would just love looking at them. And I would, I remember I'd just be going like this, stroking their hands like this. Mm. And they'd say, what do you see? What do you see? That, you know, there'd be like these, these, especially girls, you know, does he like me? Does he like me? <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't know, you know, this is where I feel like a fraud, you know, I'm not clairvoyant, I'm not psychic, I can't see, I don't know. And yet I was just um, mesmerized and entranced and loved their hands. I mean, and I really did, you know, it was like, a, it was such a, it was like, I don't know how to explain it. It was like a, reading a great poem or something or a book, you know, where you just, wow, look at that line. What does it mean? What does it mean? It's like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I was 13. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I guess I could look it up for you. But of course, there wasn't Google back then, so I'd have to go home and look it up in my books. But I feel it helped them, you know, made them feel. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, palmistry is amazing. Yeah. Palmistry is, palmistry, the reason it's so, um, it, I think it speaks to people on such a profound level is that it's so connected with our physicality, with our brain. The, the, the lines on the hands, um, as Celine knows, are formed, well, maybe you got it from Richard's thing too, that's right, he talked about it, but they're directly correlated with your neural pathways. So there's such a, a realness to um, to what shows up. And that's why I always feel whenever people are waving their hands in a, in a news show or something, I feel like I'm, I'm peering into that. Yeah. Naked, you know? Wow. <laughs> Look at that heart line. <laughs> Freeze the frame. I started to kind of do that actually. And then I'm like, oh, I'm being so weird. Like, so I'm like pause a show and I'll be like, what is, oh, interesting. You know, interesting. I know. It's- but there is something I remember you saying one time that it's so personal that you used to, didn't you used to wear like gloves? Yeah. Yeah. So that people could do. Or you do. Because it's I very always, personal. Yeah. I always don't know. For driving. Um, oh. I have these great, you know, in the summer, they're these really nice cotton vintage you know they're like those little white gloves but i have them in purple violet you know like a a mauve and they're very 
They're very elegant and they're very good because then you don't get sunspots on your hands when you're driving. That's what they're, you know, it's a very LA thing. Um, (laughs) But, but I love it for palmistry and I don't like the plastic on my hands. I think I'm hypersensitive to the vibration of the plastic. I try to not have plastic in my, in my environment if possible. And, And when you're driving, that's what you're holding on to. So gloves, I think I really recommend them. Yeah. Yeah, winter is easier because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't look so odd. <laughs> or cool. They're very, they can be very elegant. You know? I feel like it's kind of a little chic moment, mm-hmm. little gloves on. So, yeah, it's. I think you're you're you can you read so much, and this is what we what we know from reading hands is the fingertips, for instance, are your filters. But they literally are your filters. This is how people see, blind people mm. see through the tips of their fingers. It's not like, again, it's not woo-woo, except yeah. that it is in the best sense of the word. It's magic. It's amazing. Our senses are amazing. And that we can see with the tips of our fingers mm. means then, well, how do you see? Do you see? And then you can actually see people's fingertips, like your your druid's cap fingertip that you have, Celine. So we know something about you, about how you filter the world just because of that one little fingertip. Yeah. 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 So all this stuff I feel really is very grounded. Mm. And that's why I love, I love the fact that uh, you, Celine, are an earth person because I do, I feel as though this is, it's so essential to realize that this is not up in the air. This this uh, enlightenment and divine and source and angels and all this, it's not out there. It's in us. Yes. Yes. It's in us. Yeah. This it is no separation. I had the most incredible um, astrological reading a couple of years ago from in i mean i've done astrology for 100 years or more i mean i've, I've <laughs> always loved that too but this was galactic astrology wait and, it, and it's this guy i got the reading from this person in um new zealand called um graham forscott and he sends he there's a it's a whole under under i feel like it's an underground movement around the world of these people who talk about galactic astrology which takes you way back to all your past lives way into your all your limitless future potential wow it's incredible really yeah galactic astrology his website is galacticastrologyacademy.com and i'd never talked to him or anything i just i just paid and he sent recordings of all all my past lives and my future lives and my current lives and and the charts i'm doing it i'm doing it my birth i'm doing it doing it tomorrow i know what star i'm from now where tell me or you don't have to share (laughs) well this is what made me think of it um was something i was just saying about it's all within us and we're all one because um according to him and i do have a a very, very healthy dose dose of skepticism. Sure. You know, I'm really, you know, I'm very interested. 
But I certainly wouldn't say you have to do this. You'll find out the truth about something. I mean, again, this comes from within. This is your own. And what I love about him is he gives you the facts of your birth chart, which shows all this long view, which to me makes complete intuitive sense that he could do that. And then he sends you to a ton of research if you want to go deeper to find out more about those different stars or whatever. It's up to you. And I love that empowerment. Mm. So I just want to preface it with that. But what he says is that I come from this constellation called, that we all know actually, Orion. Mm. And when I tell people who are into this galactic astrology world, they go, oh, they they had a very dark history. Oh. And so, of course, I did some research because I don't, you know, I'm, look at me, you know, I'm not, <laughs> wow, no. <laughs> look at me. Um, but what it, what was interesting is that it's more about the duality and being comfortable with duality. Ooh, and I okay. found that very interesting. So it's not good or bad or right or wrong or the fight of the Star Wars, this or that. It's more becoming conscious through separation. And I, I felt um, an incredible peace in, in myself around loneliness, for instance, mm. a, 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 like a, a lifelong experience, of, a lot because we traveled so much growing up because of my wacky parents, which wonderful as they were, it, it's not easy to be a child of that kind of energy. I'll yeah, just, you know, I do. I I don't want to say it was peaches and cream, and an amazing loneliness. And suddenly, I realized, oh wait a minute, I'm I have a tribe. I have yeah. a tribe, not just out there and this one star, Rigel, um, but on this planet, there are plenty of us, and mm-hmm. we all know, we all understand each other, even if we don't know each other. I don't even have to know that they're they're my fellow people. And then it was so funny because then that same year, there's this very interesting woman in Scotland. I haven't met her, but she's a Chad. Oh, and you want to talk about elementals. She's my go-to for elementals. Her her website is Elemental Beings UK. Mm. Amazing person. I mean, she teaches you how to talk to fairies and all about unicorns, all about everything to do with that. I mean, Again, healthy dose yeah of, no i know i know, I know. You know but i <laughs> i do know that elementals are real and again you just we need to um act, activate our own frequency to be able to connect with them that's all you mentioned that in the book um there's particularly one woman who oh, you, yeah. you end up i don't want to go too too far into it but this woman is you know she's at the end of her life she's had a very difficult life and you find out that she actually talks to elementals um yeah yeah, the garden is her like safe place and i love the way you describe how you know when people hear these things or they think gnomes and fairies they immediately are like well this is idiotic this is clearly like made up but the way you describe how seeing perceiving and communicating with these things as the same thing as seeing and perceiving and communicating with other people or with these like very physical objects and how it's actually like tapping into other perceptual abilities you know so like for for something um you you mentioned how like with animals you know the way people really communicate with animals is emotionally 
more than anything else. And so it's it's like once you start to open up to those different frequencies, you can actually start to communicate with these things and you do perceive them and they do become real in your world. Yeah. And one cannot communicate if one isn't separate. Mm. If we were a fairy or, or the fairy, we can't connect with them. So it's a double-edged sword that we have this this energy of that's not real or that's that can't be or that's just my mind. Plus, there they are, and we know they are because we can intuit it. We we sense it. What do you think about if you live in a city like we live in? Jared and I both live in Brooklyn. Where do you think the elementals go then? Do you think they still are here or like? You know, like, I'm sure they are, but like. Well, um, I lived in the village for 20 years or so. Oh. And do you know that I was born in New York City? No. A New York gal. I'm a New York gal. We left when I was two, but um, yeah, I was there. Um, So I never, ever, when I lived, I met my husband there. My kids were both born there. Okay. In this tiny little apartment on Gay Street in the West Village. Oh, Home births. Ooh, on a, on a little futon. Oh my god! <laughs> I just got nervous. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I had this wonderful midwife. Uh, she's the one who told me about the the midwife that she was a midwife. I she was not giving. You know, she was uh, anyway. She was not the one giving birth. But you, were. I was. You know, it's just really helpful because I've used that analogy so so often. Um, but uh, yes, the elementals are in everything. Yeah, and uh, the inanimate objects, like um, I mean, obviously there are trees. Yes, a tree grows in Brooklyn, as we know, um, and birds and creatures, cockroaches. Everything has a. Sorry, but everything. I know, I know, I know, I know. As a spirit, I do feel that inanimate objects uh, can have spirit too, and it's a little bit. Um, I don't know if I talk about this in my book, but I do feel that this is part of quantum physics, which is where um, nothing exists until you bring your consciousness to it. Mm-hmm. And in a way, this idea that everything is an illusion, which is a Buddhist sort of sense of our world, Maya, it's like a, this illusionary world. I feel that's true until you bring your consciousness to something. And this is why beloved, a beloved object, a beloved chair, a beloved home, um, you're, you're bringing it to life. And it does have a life of its own. Yeah. And I think in the city it's harder because... We have to protect ourselves from too much, um, like open pores, psychic our psychic pores uh, from people around, and and just energies. I mean, yeah. not good or bad, just too muchness. Yeah. Uh, so it, I think that's why it's harder, um, but but certainly very present. And your home has a spirit. This this the in Latin is called the um, genius Loki the spirit of the place. Mm. And I walk into my home and I say, hello, hello, genius Loki. I just moved from my other home as, uh, as you know, Celine. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
I actually had a little fairy house that I sort of created for my genius Loki in the other house. Okay. I had it in a little special place in my house. Okay. And I, I, it, they don't move with you. They stay in that house. So it was oh. part of my farewell was saying goodbye. And uh, it was very, um, it was, it was, it was really sad, you know, we've been there for 24 years, 25 years and mm. my kids grew up there and this and that, but lo- it was time. Everything's fine. So what I did was I took this house and I, I buried it in this near beautiful rock under this moss, under this shrub and put little chocolates and candies in it. And so now I know it won't be disturbed. And if they do dig there, I don't think they would, the new people, but if they do, it'll be preserved. You know, they'll Mm. know this is, I know that whoever finds it will know this is a special little home for my little elf. (sighs) I should, I should maybe, maybe I should make an elf home in my apartment. Uh, I was going to say, um, just to your point, Celine, that um, around the corner from my apartment, there must be, a, I think there's a, a couple of kids and on the sidewalk at the base of one of the trees, they have like basically a fairy house and like a bunch of, Aww. you know, different like shiny kind of pieces of toys and, you know, little uh, animals and stuff like that. And... I don't know. Now, every time I, like, Melissa, my wife and I, we say hi, fairies. Like we always like kind of say hi to it and, um, you know, pick up That's some cool. trash or something to make them happy. So, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. 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 And it's true too with, you know, I work a lot with crystals mm-hmm. and it's so interesting how um, I have too many, <laughs> you know, it's like I, I can't have them all out now. I've got a much smaller house. But they're okay. They're just inanimate. It's like they have no. It's not like they're sitting in the in the on my shelf, wondering where I am. They're mm-hmm. inanimate, and That's then I pick them up, and they come to life mm. with my consciousness and my love for them. Yeah, that, it's, and it's such a power. It's such a powerful thing because you can apply that anywhere, you know, you can apply it to your body. You can, you can look at a a pain, you can look at a limb, you can, you know, obviously another person, there's just, you could do with that. And I find it so interesting that it's, that these quantum physicists are saying exactly that. Yeah. That it's, it's our, in our, our, that moment that nothing really exists until that moment when we bring our attention to something. Yeah, you place meaning onto it. And experience and mm-hmm. and the thought and feeling and... Not not even, even deeper than meaning. I mean, existence. It's, existence, it's really like yeah. when you... Um, I, you know, I, I had the fortune of studying some quantum mechanics in, uh, in college and it was held when exactly what you said Winslow where literally as soon as you observe something it 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 either becomes or changes right so there's there's literally no way to measure it because the actual effect of measuring the actual effect of witnessing is shifting the very thing that you're trying to find some objective you know and I'm putting my hands in the air quotes there objective ality to exactly and that's why I feel the psych- that whole psychism isn't helpful because you might get a flash. And this is why psychics are 50% right, basically, yeah. because they might be right. That potential that they see 
in the future consciousness might happen might equally not. Yeah. 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 It's 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 so mind-blowing to me. I find it very 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 interesting. Oh, I want to tell you one more thing. Yes. Well, I just had another experience that I thought I would share because I, I, um, it's, this one's sort of a, a really woo-woo one. <laughs> I also do mediumship, medium work. That's oh, really? another one of my one of my things. I mean, basically, you know, I've always felt connected and never felt separated. I hate it when people say, oh, my my mother's gone. I was like, she's not gone. She died. That's different. (laughs) (laughs) She's transformed. She's not gone. But anyway, um, yeah. So um, then I had to do a lot when I was working as a metaphysical practitioner at this place. there There was a real need for mediumship. And um, so I was doing it a lot, practicing a lot. And in one of my um, meditation things that I went into, because I was doing a lot of practice on my own, uh, this was so out of the blue, but I, I encountered my uncle, who happens to be a relative, like a distant cousin, fifth cousin or so of Albert Einstein. Wow. And... <laughs> I mean, not not relative, not an uncle by by blood, by marriage, an uncle by marriage. I'm not related to Einstein, although we're all connected. We're all connected, Winslow. Um, but anyway, it was a beautiful meeting. We loved each other, my uncle and I, and it was just lovely to see him. And and he says to me, "Do you want to see the great man? Since you're here, the, he always called him when I, he had so many great stories about his uncle Albert Einstein." Um, which I loved. I loved hearing when, when I was growing up and stuff. So he and he always called him the great man because that's how everybody referred to him to Einstein and his family. And I said, you know, he would not want to see me, little me, you know, little. That's ridiculous. You know, he's a he's the great man. And Conrad, my uncle, says, no, come on, come on. He wants to see. He, he's he'd love to meet you. It'd be great. So we're and I'm I'm conscious, but completely in another world it's a it is an amazing experience to go into another consciousness and um we walk along it's kind of like a beautiful villa like a like an old italian villa energy of flowers and things and there is the great man and he's so dear and he's so glad to meet me and i have many questions uh he says i mean i don't want to just pound him with questions but he says, you, you know, do you have any questions? And, and I was asking him um, a lot of things. Um, and then I don't, I don't have to go into it all. But at the very end, I said, are you going to come back? And he looked at me and he, and he, he says, um, I don't think so. With his German, he had a very German accent. I don't think, I don't think so. Um, there is so much more to learn about physics here. Huh. Wow. I know. Frequency, matter, uh the, the the nature of spirit our spiritual bodies. And he was so enthused and excited and researching. It wasn't like he was any different, but it was on a different frequency. I have full body chills. <laughs> that is just like mind blowing. Wow. Yeah. Huh. 
it'll it's a very very it was a very powerful because it reminds me too that we're all on this journey long for the long haul it's not just yeah not just right now thank you for sharing Jerry, that you okay oh, yeah no it's just <laughs> it's like i don't know if you could tell winslow but i'm it's just like ramifying in my head right now it's like like all the things um but wow amazing so cool this has been so wonderful winslow thank you oh so much for coming on the podcast oh, i'm so glad i hope Such you a- had a nice time too i did i love talking to you both and i just i love the the, the uh, topic of conversation yeah so it means a lot yeah do you want to plug anything or you're not in that space right now my, my i think my book is good and my website okay great yeah i think that's enough perfect that's really I mean, that's a lot that's all i'm doing <laughs> i mean a lot of you know i was on that cbs sunday morning I and know, that was, and that was has that dialed down yeah you're still getting a lot of no it's 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 much better. more peaceful yeah just for people who don't know you can go to uh winslow's uh site and we'll link it and she actually did a tarot reading on cbs news uh morning news sunday, sunday morning. morning news yeah. yeah yeah it was fun i mean it was really fun i talking to people i love me i've met so many interesting people from around the country um and it's yeah I'm, i always love that yeah but it was intense i can imagine yeah um well thank you so much thank i'm so excited you. i get to see you tomorrow again too yes yes me too and i'm so glad to meet you jeremiah it's great this meeting you and, love. and um, we hope everyone enjoyed the podcast and we'll see you on the next one take care everyone bye winslow bye thank, thank you, you.